Bourne Wolves 2. This is the first game back after the World Cup and Frank Lampard is now really feeling the pressure. Um, and the team seems to be feeling the pressure. Um, and the game yesterday... Do you know what? The game yesterday... Okay, so we got beaten. And Twitter is up in arms. You know, a lot of people are Lampard out. Um, a lot of people saying we played terribly. I don't think we actually played terribly yesterday. I thought... Mm. What do you, I don't know what you think. I think... Um, well, I'll give you the statistics and we can come to a conclusion because the statistics seem to favour your opinion. When I heard... When I watched the game, I didn't think we played very well, but I didn't think either side was particularly good. Um, I thought... And then the Lampard comments came out and he was talking about patience with the crowd, which some people have taken, you know, quite badly. But when you look at the statistics, the XG was 1.74 to Everton and 0.78 to Wolverhampton Wanderers. We had a total shot of 12, two big chances, 441 passes versus 274 passes for Wolves with an 85% pass accuracy. This is showing on, on paper... This is showing a developing style, which is possession-based. It's showing that we are creating chances enough to win a game. But, as we've already said, the quality isn't there. And certainly, if you just take a move away from the stats, the eyeball test, I didn't particularly like the way we played. But I don't think, as Evertonians, we particularly like tippy-tappy football anyway, which the figures suggest we were playing. Mm. And ultimately, we lost. So... We can talk about stats all we want, but the way this team is going, I think there's going to be a few more losses in the can. What was your take-home messages? So, yeah, I agree agree with all that we lost. Um, the eyeball test to me, I thought there was flashes um, during the mm. game, in the first half especially, where there's some really good football. <laughs> like, reminiscent of the Palace game, the 3-0. Uh-huh. Um, it didn't quite come off. And there's various reasons for that at times, but I thought that the team played fine. I thought the setup was fine. I think what Lampard's doing is he's setting the team up um, with without having the players necessary yeah. to play that system. So yeah, um, you're, well, that's exactly what he's doing. I think you're you've hit the nail on the head. He set the system up but doesn't have the quality to deliver it. The style of player. Like, yeah. People giving Neil Mopay shit yesterday. Like, Neil Mopay is not that... Neil Mopay is going to come deep he, to get the ball because he, you know, he's not... The he's a five foot seven centre forward. Yeah. He's not even a true centre forward. He's almost that definition of a false nine. Yeah. So the, but that's, that's going to condense yeah. our, our, the pitch for us. We can't... That's not going to... You know... Uh, it's hard to find space then, and then when you do find space, sure, where, where do you have to go with it? You've no focal point, you know, the old focal point saying, mm. um, loads of people out like came in for shit. No, but like that's what he who he is, right? So that's not his fault. Well, his heat map suggests his heat map was all outside the box, it was around the periphery of the 18 yard box, which is the complete opposite of what we require. That's not necessarily a Lampard problem but I don't know who sanctioned the Mopay signing knowing the terrible injury and this is old ground but knowing the terrible injury injury record of DCL 
But then you can criticise the manager because there was an option off the bench who has been in form, albeit he's a young lad, in Thomas Cannon. He'd been warming up for the majority of the second half and we just didn't see him. And I think that could have been a, a substitution we could have done early simply because he just fit the system better. Mm. Yeah, he, again, if you're, if you're, it's hard to blame Frank Lampard. You can blame him for the system being wrong for the players, but I think all systems in football kind of need a striker, an out-and-out striker, you know, somebody who scores goals. Yeah. Um, Mope doesn't score goals. <laughs> He's one of those non-goal-scoring strikers. Yeah. So it's hard to blame Lampard if he doesn't have the players and he has to play some system and every system requires a forward. And he's got Cannon, Thomas Cannon on the bench to to, to turn to. And you've got well, the Wolves, Wolves, had, man, Wolves the manager Wolves. telling well him and to put his fucking trucks to top back on and get back on the bench because <laughs> they didn't need to bring him on. Well, that's the thing that really that really worries me because they brought on Gonzalo Guedes, Matias Nunes. Adama Traore and Ryan Atnuri, as well as a young lad called Totti, optimistically named Totti. Yeah. We brought on Thomas Cannon, Ben Godfrey, Abdullah Decore, and Demarai Gray. Therein lies the problem. Therein yeah. lies our future. And people this are blaming. Team, like, yeah. People are blaming the manager, and people are blaming, you know, oh. This is nothing to, like the manager's doing what he can with the with the players the squad he has. You've just named players there. How much like how, like Nunes, for example? That's the guy we were after for ages. That's fifty, 50 million, million, 50 million pound player. Just see the yeah. pass you played for Tory in in the well. Move. That was yeah. By the was, way, it... the move for the goal. All three, I think, three of those players, Tory, Nunes, and Altnori were all involved in that goal. Altnori ended up putting it away. Look at fucking Nunes' pass out to Torre. Yeah. The weight of it. Class. Class. I, I in know... front of the player, into the stride, opens up the pitch. Yeah. Class. I mean, I may have the luxury even to tell Raul Jimenez, who would be like the perfect, perfect signing for us if, you know, I don't know what his fitness is like or whatnot, but he's obviously like, he's got a bad injury record. But like, he, he would fit that Center forward, lone strike, you know. Yeah, certainly, certainly in the short term, he would be an opinion. The short term, he'd be the wrong type of investment. The wrong, yeah, completely against the the mo of what we need to be looking at. And we, I suppose, we that's another thing. I mean, you can look to that on on the new website we have. We we can plug that now. Like we, well, you've done a bit of scouting, haven't you, Connor? I've read your, your, uh, I've read some of your your articles, and they're. They're very interesting. They're off the beaten path, um, and they highlight plays I wasn't tr- too aware of. Obviously, Terry Moffy's a player we've always been linked with, and you know you rightly covered him. But then there was the other two lads as well. Yeah, Terry Moffy's starting to get traction. People are talking about him now. I did this piece about about three weeks ago now, and then the other two lads that I, that I looked at. These, this is just off. This, by the way, to anybody listening, the scout is me. Right, um, there is no scout. Right, um, the scout is me, um, with too much time in my hands, looking for certain criteria and certain trajectories and form, and scouring transfermarket.com and all these different other app sites that we're kind of. And I mean, to be fair to you, I think you're underselling yourself a bit as well because you do then supplement that with watching the players. 
in various, you know, whether it's a game or whether it's, you know, on YouTube, sure. which it can be, you know, and we get a flavor for the player. You look at the stats, you look at the profile. And you know, um, what we need as well. And yeah. Put it together. And that's re- what really what I think all these kind of like joke shops like Football Insider and these kind of players, these links. But I, know, think, sites, I think just, they think it's just logical. It's logical. Who we're, well, who that's we're the at. thing. That's the thing that is is striking about, you know, we all, you know, we all in, you know, in the social media term and independent media, football media, we all play a bit of football manager in there. We all like to think we, you know, we can find a player and we can spot a trend or something. But the point is, we tend to be, you know, as fans, we all know where we should be looking. You, t- you go on any Everton podcast, you go on any Everton uh, Twitter account, we will be linked with players from the Portuguese league, from the French league, and from um, Austria, yet, or South America. Yet when I look at who we're linked with in reality, it's Alanga from Man United, and it's the lad from Coventry. And we're not paying cheap buttons for them, which is you know, what worries me, really, to the direction of where we're going to go. And it, it's, you know, we've talked about Frank Lampard, but th- this, this whole thing points a spotlight at Kevin Thelwell. Because ultimately, ultimately, the head of football operations sanctioned the signing of Neil Mope and Dwight McNeil, who are up to now are certainly not what we require. Mm-hmm. And it worries me that we are never going to be looking in the direction of those players. We should just follow Brighton's model. Surely that's the simplest thing to do. Yeah, I mean, that's the, in, the, in the ideal world. But you have to take pressures external pressures and things into account it's like mm-hmm. do we take mm-hmm. chances do we have the, the the space the wiggle room to take chances mm-hmm. on these people that we would ideally the mo's that we would look at mm-hmm. like, when we're talking about signing players i'm sure it's the same as Powell. he's looking at these players with high yield and everything but then you're like well that's all well and good but we need something now so then we're put into a position where oh well if we need something now we have to get something familiar something that we know and then you, you're stuck like buying Danny Ings or you know what I mean with an option to well, buy this, or, this, you know, this goes uh, on to what, what you think then that opens up the loan market then doesn't it well I, I think Everton no team or club in the history of football is I don't know about English football have benefited yeah. much from the loan market as Everton yeah. I can tell you just even from since Bill Kenwright's uh, tenure um, like, or maybe a little. I'm gonna go slightly before Bill Kenwright, like Duncan Ferguson. All right, so we were going down in '94. Yeah. Effectively, Joe Royal came in. He got Duncan Ferguson in on loan. Yeah, and that changed our season. We beat Liverpool. We went on a three win and run, and we went on to win the cup. Right, Duncan Ferguson and, came on loan. Kevin Campbell yeah. loan kept us up. Arteta, yeah. Arteta was alone. I think Pina he was, was alone. Pinar was you know, alone. Gomez, yeah. right? We won't talk about him. Gareth London, alone. Landon Fletcher, Donovan. Landon Donovan, alone. Uh, Tim Howard was alone. Um, uh, Jesus. You, 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 Tim this, Howard, yeah, absolutely. Look, did De La Feo. De La Feo. Lukaku. Lukaku. Romelu Lukaku. <laughs> Lukaku was alone, right? So <laughs> let's have a right, lads. Statistically... It's gonna. It's not gonna be a signing, a good signing that's gonna save our season. It's gonna be a loan. And yeah. You're looking. Then you're looking at the. That's when your Langers are coming in. Like I, I 
if we're going to go low and go big, I mean, I think Sancho could be a player we should be looking at. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think you've mentioned it yourself. A lot of Everton outlets have mentioned it. He's not getting a game at United. He's clearly talented. He's exactly what we need on the wing. And if if there is a player that we can cultivate, you know, ultimately, it's a win-win. United are not going to use him. He is not going to get into that team ahead of um, Marcus Rashford. And no. then they've got Garnacho. And then they've got the other lad on the other side. Oh, Garnacho, what a player. Yeah, what a player. <laughs> what <laughs> anyway, a player. but continue your train of thought there. Yeah, yeah no. They, they, he's not getting in there, but why? So we could What's potentially wrong, be... With him? Well... <laughs> It's hard to say, did he ever truly... Because City let him go, and he flourishes in the Bundesliga in a fluid system. The Bundesliga is a notoriously imprecise market. We've seen players come to the Premier League and, and, not, and not succeed. But then on the other hand, has he been given the time, the patience, and the, the uh, free reign to do what he would in, say, in Everton? Mm. In, 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 in Borussia Dortmund, he was the main man. At Everton, he would instantly become probably, if not our best, our second or third best player in the team. He walks straight into the side. He plays off that left-hand side and he can do whatever he wants. Well, he plays on the right as well. Like, where would yeah. you play him? Off the left? I'd play him off the left and I'd let Mikulen- I'd say, Mikulenko, you don't need to worry about anything. You just you defend. Just let him do his thing. Just like- let him do what he wants. And then and then we'd need a, a, we most certainly, though, we need a centre forward, and we're getting strongly linked with the Coventry lad, like we were in the summer. His goal scoring record's not bad. Um, it's upped again, so there's a general trend upwards, but the figures are quite high. So it, it, it then opens up do we look at the loan market for, say, someone like a Jimenez or, say, someone like a Danny Ings that you mentioned, although the Liverpool connection does exist? Ah, oh, fuck, sorry. <laughs> yeah. We're under no position to care about any You're about the Liverpool connection. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would take Robbie Fowler if if he was fair. If you could bang him in for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Sancho would be a player. I don't know where this Alanga links comes from because I haven't seen enough of him. Whenever I've looked at him, he's quick. He he's not composed. He seems yeah. to have the problem that all young players have in is its decision making. And one thing we most certainly need in the final third is concise decision making, which we so severely lack. Now, is Alanga the man to 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 quell that no. problem? I don't know. No, he's he's yeah. any, is he any better than Gordon and Gray? Like, I mean, um, I, he, I don't he, think so. I, I don't he think may so. Maybe, like, yeah. is he is there is it a significant upgrade? No, he's just going to. And you're wasting a, a loan spot. A loan slot, yeah, he's yeah. Just causing you a headache. I, this yeah. loan needs to be a whopper. Like this loan yeah. needs to be first team name on the team sheet. Yeah, and I'm talking loan and second Kante off Chelsea or something. I don't know, like, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean. Big time loan. Um, I think Santo season loan. Yeah, I this think Santo makes sense. And then we we've mentioned it already. Now, when we when we break down that second goal, the the goal that we lost on. I think Toffee TV mentioned this quite well. I don't blame the centre-backs. I genuinely don't. No one is dropping from midfield to pick up the ball. No one. What's this now? The second goal, the losing goal. Do you know when Tarkowski and Godfrey are passing in between each other for like 10 passes and no one from midfield is coming to drop to take the ball from them? Yeah. Can I I actually say something on this? Go on, tell me. I, I I said it before and I'll say it again. 
Evertonians, shut up. Stop. See, I, I, I disagree with you. Yeah. You mightn't agree with that. I'm telling yeah. you. <laughs> tell me. Tell me, Connor. I'm just saying. I'm t- I'm, I, t- I tell thee. I tell thee. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying, right, is that I see where Lampard's coming from on that. And I see where the players are mm-hmm. coming from on that. I see mm-hmm. this whole getting so anxious every time. Like, if we're in possession for a if a player is not making his mind up quick enough, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the tempo needs to be higher, but I don't. I can't see how it would help our cause. But ultimately, that's all I want. I think that that and it's bore it's bore fruit what you say actually because we did end up playing the long ball. It wasn't a bad ball. It was through to Patterson, and then Decore loses the fifty-fifty on the edge of the box, and they broke through us. And you've already mentioned that the the pass that Nunes just slices us open with. And it, and from there, it's just, Iwobi's not tracking back quickly enough. Um, Patson's too high up, so he can't make up the ground. And we've got a four on three at the, with a, with an overload on the back post, which is very much akin to the first goal as well, an overload at the back post. And it was again on Patson's side. Now, I don't know whether that's a trend or it just happened on that game. Um, but I just don't know where to go. And it, it, it emanates from no one being able to take responsibility in the midfield. You look at the gold standard midfielder in that position, Casemiro. Casemiro won the ball in midfield I, I, the, the, for the third goal, for the Fred goal. He plays a simple pass through to Fred, who has a one-touch finish. If we had a player who could just receive the ball <clears throat> or win it in that, in that fashion... Mm. Um, I think it changes. I think Idrissa Garnagay did create a chance from winning, nipping the ball, but he, he's never been a pivot. No, no. And, and, and we bought he, him. He played well yesterday as a shield, which is what he is. And yeah. He did the right thing because he hasn't got the ability to play as a pivot. He did, Lampard put Onana to play as the pivot. Yeah. And Onana was doing fine as, yeah. as the pivot up until Mina went off. And I, I think I, my theory on it is that you, you, you could see if you're watching on the TV, you could see Onana visibly, kind of demonstrably, you know, worried or kind of almost like, oh shit. Mina well, we lost our leader, didn't we? We lost. We had yeah. no Cody. Yeah. And Mina's and Mina was the leader. And I think Mina was having a common influence on Onana, who up to this point, I think the price tag is weighed on him. He has this false kind of confidence about him. And mm. uh, I see through it. It's a false confidence. He's shitting himself. And uh, yeah. And I think Mina was having a common influence on on that. I think when Mina went off, then Onana started to shit himself a little bit more again. Well, and I think everyone the team did. fell apart. Yeah. Yeah. I think we lost our voice. We lost our strength at the back. Um, I don't think Tarkowski did badly. I just think Tarkowski is augmented by Cody. Tarkowski is augmented by Mina. These are, you know, these are two alpha centre-backs. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think if I think you're absolutely right. I think Mina going off, and again, just proves how why Mina shouldn't get a contract with us. It's not that he's a bad player; he's clearly a good player, but we can't that's, rely on him. That's what makes I've I have a history of actually rage tweeting about Mina, saying he's a he's a sick, he's a crook, and look at his record for Colombia, and he just he just pulls sickies, and he's a piss taker. Yeah. But then I listened to like a podcast with. Like, I think it was the um, Unholy Trinity or one of those guys, mm. and they were they were talking to 
the, the, the ex uh, fitness or coach yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And he was saying, Birdie. like, I mean, as, oh, yeah. he feels so sorry for him. If, if that's the case, which it, no reason not to believe, that Mina will go down kind of as our Ledley King. Like, because if, yeah. you, if you see the, his our record with him and without him is stark, you know, like I mean, our record with him is we're a top half team. I think if yeah. he had a side fit, somebody else said this, but if he had a side fit for, you know, his duration of his contract, we wouldn't have ever been in trouble. Like that's oh, 100%. How, I agree know. with that. I think, I think it, you know, these are, these are pivotal players. Um, if you have a centre-back and a centre-forward and one dominant midfielder, it changes you completely, which is why I'm hopeful that when Cody comes back in and the transfer market, it all lands on this transfer market because I think we're both erring on the side of Lampard in and that puts a lot of weight on what we do in the transfer window. Yeah, well, Lampard yeah. <laughs> you know? We're, and, but, you know, we've mentioned Sancho already, but midfield and centre-forward, I think there needs to be three big signings and I think we've mentioned winger, you know, what that profile of winger. Mm. The centre forward needs to be a big lad who's potentially mobile. We might not get a mobile lad, but at least a target man. Um, but that pivot role is key now. I was uh, talking to my Villa mate there and he was like, Chris Wood's available. I'm like, fuck off. Seriously, if we're getting if we're getting linked, <clears throat> if we're getting linked to Chris Wood on deadline day or Ings or any of these where we're going to have to take them with an option and then give them a decent contract for a few years with no sell-on value, follow the club. (laughs) Oh, God, I don't know what what to say because as an Evertonian, you know, I I never thought I'd want, you know, if you went back six years ago, seven years ago when we did have the likes of John Stones, um, Phil Jagielka, Gareth Barry, Idrissa Garnagay, Ross Barkley and his prime, Lukaku up front. And then you told me that I'd be happy with Chris Wood coming in, which I think I would be. Would you? I, I wouldn't be he happy. Fill, he would, yeah, he, he, he does. He fills out the space that we need yes, to fill out. He does the role. He's a prototype of what we need yeah. to stay up this year. Um, so I, I, I am in the position that we are one of the worst, three worst sides in the league. We oh. are going down. We are going down. Unless we get players who can play a role. And my worry is we've bought three players from Burnley then. Dwight McNeil, Chris Wood, and James Tarkowski. Now, if you're filling out your your team with players who got relegated, inevitably oh, no, you'll yeah. get relegated. Well, yeah. So, it's, so it's I hope they're more... It's definitely not a great yeah. omen, but... I, I hope they're more in in ingenious in and more more broadly visioned than what I've said because well, I'm exactly. just taking what it, I see. But, but the point I'm making is that it's just it's just totally lazy. Um, yeah, it is lazy. If we get it to is the lazy. Place where we're signing Chris Chris Wood, I mean, it was yeah exactly we're signing Chris Wood and Anthony Alanga. It's lazy. I I don't understand. I I I can't possibly understand I'd love to see what you know flying the wall what goes on because surely if like you're a Kevin Felwell you're at least doing what you know laymen like me do in their spare time looking up talent no he's, he should be I mean like, I mean 
these guys know so much more about football than we ever will. But the delivery is poor. What we're ending up with on the field is horrendous. But why? But why like, I mean, what, like... we've stripped this team of every single ounce of quality since the moment probably James Rodriguez left. Would you take him back? Well, and then we, yeah, well, I mean, he walks into this team, but again, there was a, why did we sign him in the first place? He was, he's clearly a high quality player, but he was not reliable. And that was probably a, a moment where we, you know, it was a flash in the pan as opposed to consistency. Um, and it went with the whole short-term nature of our of our thought process back then, from the hiring of Ancelotti to the signing of Alan and and James Rodriguez, which were ultimately have cost the club a lot in financial fair play. Gomez, but yeah, G- Gomez. You know, look, we, we but we if we take that away, take away the the morality of the signings, we've lost James Rodriguez, Gilfie Sigurdsson, Richarlison, Dominic Avalun's a crock. Luca Dean. These are our five most creative players. We are now relying on a player in Iwobi who's played well. I'm not questioning the lad. I like him. I like his turnaround. But he couldn't get in the team when these were all available. And now he's our main player. That shows you the mm. diminishing returns we're getting from this squad. We are relegation. We are relegation fodder. I, this I window think, is everything. I think, yeah, no, I, I agree. The window is, like we say it every year, the window is now officially the biggest ever. Um, well, we, we messed up last year. It was just through I, some, you know, a, a lining up of the fates that we stayed up. Mm-hmm. And, and, and us as Evertonians, but we were horrendous. We bought Deli Ali, Donny van der Beek, and I can't remember who. We bought Mikolenko, who's okay, mm-hmm. but we spent money on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Well, it was yeah. a horrendous window last year. And, you know, like, we haven't replaced anyone. We're, we, we, this window is, is yeah, it's so and so important. I think that we will. Uh, I think that we will come out of the window with play like with, with optimism. I can't. I also, the, the other question, uh, Connor, is when. Now I look at Liverpool. They identified a problem. I guarantee you Klopp looked at, uh, at Nunes and, and, and looked at Diaz's injury record and Jota's injury record and thought, I can't rely on Nunes to score goals. Jota and, and Diaz aren't on the pitch for the next three to four months. Uh, and they clicked their fingers. They, met, uh, they went into action and got Gakpo in in a matter of a day or so when he was right under United's noses. Are we that efficient? If we're waiting till the end of the window, that's another five, six games. We could be relegated by then. It's not good enough. Well, it's imper- no, it's imperative that we act the very, very earliest. Within the first few days, there needs to be a striker through the door and there needs to be a winger through the door. And by the end of the window, there needs to be a midfielder through the door. Yeah. I, I can't see two ways. Everton, show us, show us you're a serious club. Farewell. Show I us think... you're a serious man. And Connor, have... you've said it right. Yeah. Show us you are a serious football operator. You are a this club is a serious football operation. The layman, me and you, we are laymen, and we can identify the issues. Surely, a multi-million-pound club with the history of ours, with 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 positions that are paying millions a year. In in Kevin Thelwell, um, Denise Barrett Baxendale, and 
etc., etc., millions a year, they should be able to rectify these problems. Well, I, I, exactly. Like I say it again, show us that you're serious operators. Show us that you're professional. Know that you have a grasp of what's going on. You're competitive, that you have some kind of a competitive edge on the people that you're competing against in your spheres because they're up against other agents and other football directors, etc. And, and, and if you're not successful, and by not being successful, I'm talking about making bum signings at the last day of the window. If that happens, fuck off. That's it. Like, I agree. It's, it's you're not good enough. Yeah. You are not good enough. If you were managing, if you were a CEO of a FTSE, 500, a FTSE 100 company, You'd have been sacked years ago. We haven't had an effective window in probably three seasons. We have not had one effective window, and this is what we're being, you know, um, what we're being served up. And this is what I think a lot of Evertonians' frustrations is with Lampard: is you're telling us to be patient, but we're seeing the decay of our club. These, this was a, let's not have any two ways about this. This was a must-win game. This was the team that was bottom of the league. Didn't look like a football club. They were nowhere near. They played a, a crock of a Diego Costa up front, and they beat us. That's how worrying our position is. Uh, yeah, but I also think that they were false. Like when we played last year, they were a false position. Uh, either way, either way, we, why are we the, the circuit breaker for them? Why are we the team that they start getting their form against, just like Leicester? Yeah. It's, it, that should not be the case. All right, so three worst teams. There um, aren't any. Well, okay. There's so Forest. Forest are going to go down. Forest, Southampton. Southampton and then Evan. I, I like going by goal difference. I judge, I think goal difference is a really good barometer. Barometer. Um, Everton's goal difference is for, for, for um, context is minus seven. Um, so it's just a little alarm. My seven, uh, we're seventeenth. The bottom three, their goal difference, bottom three are Wolves, Forest, and Southampton, with a respective goal difference of minus fifteen, minus twenty two, minus sixteen. We're minus seven. If you go up to Bournemouth, they're minus sixteen. Like they're massive. They're, they're massive swathes in goal difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't like. You know, go too much into it, but I think that's a bit of a tell. I think there are worse sides. Like I think we're better than Bournemouth, even though they've beaten us. I know that we. I watched them against Chelsea, and they were they're quite a fit. Um, I, fit. I hope so. I mean, yeah, on paper we should be, but and Leeds, we should be better than Leeds. We're not better than Leeds. We're not. No. We're just not. We're there. They've got a better midfield. They've got better attackers. Yeah, Rodrigo yeah, scores for them. We're not better than Leeds. We're just not. And then, you know, literally, you're talking, I'm, I'm just going onto the table. I, I can't see, like, no, I, I can't, can't see many worse teams on us. No, I can only see Forrest and Southampton and even Forrest. Like, Forrest think, could turn it around because they're, they're the such players. a haphazard team. They could go on a on a run. Mm, I think, players, like... yeah, West Ham, look, so this is the teams around us. Bournemouth, Leeds, West Ham, Everton, Wolves, Forest, and Southampton. Mm. The the Wolves are going to climb. They've got a good manager. 
and they've uh, they, you know they're going to have a, a bit of a bounce and they'll get the they're going to start playing Guedes up front now. I West Ham will get stopped into it. Palace could, Villa could, but ultimately, even if they're sucked into it, we're going to be there. And we've now won three games this season. Yeah, we've joined, mm-hmm. won the joint lease. It's so we're relegation the, fodder. Yeah, it's we, we are relegation. Relegation team yeah. have won three games. So we're, we're, we're relegation fodder. And unless we have a big window, I cannot see this turning around. Then, you know, you know, you do start to question going for desperate managers of changing the manager, but we've changed so many managers with no with no change in fortune, just a gradual decay. And it makes Carlo Ancelotti look like a footballing genius that he got us to tenth. I know. And the football was shite though, wasn't it? But we had we had But he had... knew. He knew. As he, soon as Hamad went up, out the team. He set us up as a brick wall and then just had and put Hamas Rodriguez in there. Yeah, and, and he, then, once yeah, once he knew that Hamas and Gil, yeah, what well, he knew that was it. The only thing I can do with this team is make them a functional unit. Um, we get Hamas, we get we go and get Sancho, right? Even though well, the Sancho, or or, or, or a version yeah. of that player. Yeah, and please yeah. don't put a twenty-year-old lad who has not even played consistently for United, to be our messiah. So yeah, please uh, yeah, don't be looking at Mas- uh, yeah. Alanga. Go, yeah, go and get a loan, a, a top, top player on loan. Uh, and I think, you know, you said it before, the only way we can change this team is 40, 50 million pound signs, which is not going to happen because the lower down the, the, the you know, the, the, the football pyramid you go, the less the pool is, you, you know, and I'm not spending 50 million on Acuna. Loans. Loans is the way forward, yeah. Well, that's loans has always been the way forward for us. Yeah. Something that I think... But how many slots do we have, Connor? I think we've only got one or two. One, I think. I think we have to go for a big loan uh, and then sign and make some... We have to splash some cash no matter what way you look at it. Because we can't get relegated. I guarantee you, if we get relegated... I, well, I don't think we bounce back, but also the the stadium all of a sudden gets it's shook. A white elephant. It's everything changes, and then it, you know, without without having to do it, it puts the focus back onto Mashiri. That he's put us into such a situation that we ha- we were so dependent on Premier League funds, so relegation was a non-option. Yet he's run the club so badly that relegation is becoming a reality. So we are in in the position of a double-edged sword where we, you know, we've been run badly on both sides. James comes back, we stay up. Nope, nope. Honestly, a crock of a player. James no, is Hames, not doing it in if, Greece. If a fit James, if if we could just say, right, here we go, James, get on your peloton there. Start I think you're being romantic. I am. I, think... I am. But if he came back and in front of Goodison, and then he wouldn't, have... he wouldn't play enough. If he, he wouldn't if, play enough. If he did, I'm just saying, if he gave yeah. half a season, like the half a season he gave us in his first year, the first half of the season, he keep us up. Like if we had, if we also had another, you know, striker and 
He's not, yeah, but he's just that. I'm not even into like for me. I, I, I'm not even entertaining that as an option. We need, we need a, a, a player who you know. We need players who who are you know. We've been sucked into this trap before. We were sucked into it with our striker. We didn't buy like that's what I'm going back to Liverpool. Liverpool identified the fact that their striker cannot or their attackers are not available for the next few months. They replace him because they don't know what's going to happen after that. We don't, and we're stuck in this position. Oh, let's buy Mope, who's nothing like our premier forward, mm. because he's, he's different, and um, you know they can play together. But the, you know that that's all on the caveat that the, the the alpha player actually is fit, and he is not. We have to be very, very careful who we buy, and this is you know, <laughs> you know, it, it, if Moyes were to become available, if West Ham were to sack him, that's our messiah. Mm. Yeah, well, welcome. Oh, Moyes, even like they're in trouble. West Ham they probably have more about them. Oh, they've got a lot more about them than us. They'll they'll get to about, but they'll finish between twelfth and ninth this year. And we've got these contract situations just before, like I suppose. So we've. Discuss relegation and what we need to do. We need to sign players. We need to get a massive loan, and we need to. We need, so we're sticking with Lampard, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm the same. I really don't think changing the manager. Well, there is no one available who'd come to us anyway. No, and, and Lampard is not the problem. Look at the play, look at the squad yesterday compared to ours. Look at Wolves' squad compared to ours. Stop blaming the manager. Look yeah. Up, look up for. Look up. Look up. Look up. Exactly. And if and if those up those people up further that are hiding behind the manager, um, show us show give us a reason not to think you're a bunch of Grifton. Uh, well, the, Paris exactly. The thing is, even if you do sack Lampard, who's hiring the manager? It's them lot again, isn't no, it? No, no, but they need <laughs> to show. They need to show us, or else. I, like the full support of this this channel will go behind the twenty eight years campaign, yeah, and the esque and what they're doing. Because I, to be honest, at least somebody's doing something. People and, and, and it divides the fans, and you have people saying, "Oh, you know, shut up and all." And I kind of get that as well. But this idea that like Everton should be like. Functioning this way, year on year, like last minute type of stuff, skin of our teeth, like loans. If you look at our Premier League history, like I was saying earlier, how loans have helped us. And then you've got, and then we got, we're kicking managers out, left, right, and centre. We've got no continuous direction. We've got no continuous. Like that just shows what we've the, the lack of investment. That's like you know, in years gone by before Mashiri, you know, Connor, it was expected because we were building a stadium that things were going to get a bit tighter, but there was no provision made for it. We bought, we bought horrendously short term signings, horrendously short term, um, um, short term, um, managers for a project that included the build of a stadium. Like it, it, everything, you know, at that point, at the point at which you're, you're choosing a stadium, you want to have. 
a long-term manager to see through a vision. Now, that was meant to be silver, but we sacked him at the first sign of trouble. And you've already gone against the ethos of what you're doing. But I'm not going into that. How we, many, we, we how many managers have we had that have said that they're, they, they're looking forward to taking us into the new stadium? Is it is it Koeman? Is it just the first one? Oh, it must have been Koeman. It must have been before that as well. Who knows? Martin, no, 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 it wasn't no. Martinez. It was it was Koeman, yeah. It was it Koeman? So Koeman, we've had yeah. Koeman, Martinez... Ancelotti, Benitez, and now Lampard, who have with all, with a bit of sprinkling of Ferguson, Unsworth, and Allardyce in between, who have all sat there and said, "I hope my ambition is to take the club into the new stadium." Anyway, we got sidetracked. You were talking about contracts, so tell me. Okay, so we've got Anthony. We got the Pickford uh, situation, um, and we got Anthony Gordon, and we got a Wobi, a Wobi. Do you offer him? Do you, well, we don't know what he's asking for exactly. I presume it's a. Well, it'll be above the seventy-five he's on now. So if it's above the seventy-five he's on now, you're looking at ninety, eighty-five, ninety plus. You're probably like, you know, rounding up to about a hundred. Are we in a position to negotiate? Why are we negotiating now? Why aren't we negotiating at the end of the season? Because he'll have a year on his contract and his value will drop off a cliff. Um, so we have to, we have to do. And the thing is, he's also our main midfielder. Are we talking about a so, now? Yeah, it will be. So he's our main midfielder. He's going to have a year on his contract after this. And you want to secure that position. I agree with the sentiment, but the value is high. However, he's got us over a barrel. Yeah, and the thing is, we'll offer him 100. No one in the rest of the league will offer him 100. So there's two options then. We do what you say. We wait till the end of the season and we'll offer him and we see which league we're in. If we stay in the Premier League and he, he performs well, we'll say, OK, fine. We were offering you 100 before. Let's split. The, we'll make up the difference. We'll offer you 115 because you kept us up and we're going to play Premier League football. Yeah. But I'm reticent to be offering high contracts Right now, when our status is not confirmed, I don't even think we should be even entering discussions. Well, that's what's uh, happened with Pickford, hasn't it? Because well, we'd agreed a contract yeah. to it, we'd agreed a contract with Pickford, but the top top brass haven't signed it off because they don't know where we're going to be at. And, and apparently, he's at 120. But that's the right thing to do. I mean, you can't be given players' contracts. He obviously wants to release clause or something, doesn't he? Or is that? Well, I'm sure it'll be negotiated in there. I'm not averse to giving him a release clause. Say there's a 40 million release clause in there. Give it to him. I don't yeah, care. We want him off but but the, the bigger thing is, if we're offering 120 grand a year, a month, a week rather, a, a year, a week to a player, and then we get relegated and no one will touch that contract and he's got a 40 million release clause, that could bleed the club dry. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then Anthony Gordon, I agree with securing Anthony Gordon as long as it's nothing above, as long as, long as it's not stupid money again. But the problem with grand. Anthony Gordon is the Chelsea interest will have, will have, you know, obviously put the fire under the agent's seat. And all of a sudden, you're, he's probably af- asking for 80. But I don't know. That's supposition. I reckon, I reckon just coming to this, just thinking about it now, I reckon we sell him. Who's going to buy him? Anthony Gordon sell him this window. Yeah, but we, we, maybe, but no one's going to offer us the money. Even if we we weren't ever offered sixty, I think we can. No, just take that. forty or whatever. Yeah, but, it, but no one's going to offer us forty. 
I'd take 30. He's not even worth 30. Mm. And I'm not saying it because I don't... I think the lad is a good... You know, he's got a good future. He's 22, blah, blah, or 21, 22, whatever he is. He's got clearly got assets, but he doesn't deliver enough for us. Mm. And he's not our main player. If we get anything, and that allows us to get some players who are more consistent, then fine. But the problem is here, Connor. The problem is... We did the same thing with Richarlison. We replaced him with Mopai and McNeil. So if we sell uh, Gordon, who the hell are we getting to replace him? Jaden Sancho, if his head's right. <laughs> well, Jaden Sancho will never sign for us permanently, but he, on no, a loan, but I, yeah. on a loan or whatever, just, to, just yeah. to keep us up. All I'm thinking about is staying up and well, not if that's the, the machinations like... that happen in the background, great. But I don't have any faith in this at all. We're going to have to see what I think how this window plays out. I think and that's what we, we do. Yeah. Or you do the, the, the only thing I'm going to say is the counter to it all is you go big like Newcastle. The only thing is Newcastle's owners are one of the most savvy operators in the business world that has ever existed. So I never had any doubt for them anyway. But you look at what Newcastle did. They bought in Trippier. We all laughed. 30 year old right back keeping you up. Haha. Chris Woods, we all laughed. Well, he's not getting his game. Yeah, but he kept them up last year. He did oh, his sorry. job last year. My apologies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, and then, and then they bought the lad Dan Byrne, and he's looked, fine, <laughs> he looked a revelation yeah. for them. Yeah. I think their big so, one. I, I think we've we touched on it before. I think their big one was Gomez, and I think getting. Oh him, yes, Gomez came in that window. Who is an I, unbelievable footballer? Just, well, yeah, and, and that just changes everything. Before but it shows go... you that they invested in one huge bit of quality. Yes. Splattered around, well, two, I'd say Trippier has been. Almiron exists because of, of, of Trippier. Almiron exists because of Trippier. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and those two bits of quality changed them completely. Completely. And then they've added to it. I th- I, I, I th- I've got this just, if, if you'll grant me the. Uh... The license. Courtesy, yeah, the mm. license to waffle for a second. I've got a <laughs> a theory about teams. It's like every team needs a great player. Yeah. Or one, maybe, maybe, maybe a couple of, maybe two great players. And when I say great players, I mean players that are far better than everybody else on the team. A star with, within the team. Whether whether that's down in the lower divisions or up in the Premier League. Every great team has great a great player or a couple of great players that cap it off. And um, Everton don't have any great players. Nope. Um, even if you look at and, and, and like I'll even look you look at the arrivals. Um, Wolves have a great player. Yeah. In 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 Nunes. He's a well, great player. Well, Neves. I wouldn't. Have, Nunes never, never. There you Neves. <laughs> Matinho, he's good a great player. player. Like I mean, they're great players compared to what mm. we have. Uh, compared uh, to what we have, anyone is. Yeah, no, go on, like, carry on. Like, okay, so Neto's yeah. great player. Um, okay, and he, he, and I know Neto's not fair, but like he's a great little player. Uh, let's yeah. look at the other teams. Um, do Forest have any great players? Probably no, but they've got a lot of like they they, they ball badly the way we did. Loads of mediocre twenty million pound players that. Aren't. But yeah, let's go more towards it. So you've got you've got Leicester City. You've probably got Madison. They've Tielemans. got several great players. Yeah, 
you know, you've got Aston Villa. They've got a fair few. Um, you know, and then you, you know, you go higher up. You've got Zahar. Yeah, I know. I agree. So maybe, I, I think maybe the point... a team that's won the league, and ironically, Ever- Everton's team in '87 or '85, or I think both of the teams were always labelled as a. No, I think I think Connor, what your point is, every every team needs a focal point, whether that's in midfield or in attack, and we don't. And that's what we have to correct, and that's what this transfer window is for. Yes, but uh, but, but before let me just finish my tangent. Oh, yeah. That Everton in eighty five and eighty seven and that, that period were known as a t- team, a great team without any great players. So it's kind of ironic that I'm talking about. But name me another team that's won the league that that didn't have a great player. And people, your first reaction is going to be, oh well, Leicester. Leicester no, well had, they had Kante and Mares. Vardy and Mares. Yeah, you know, great like, players. Great players, like and and if you name me another team, I don't know the chart. Every single team that's won the league, as far back as I can remember, has had a great player. And Everton had a great player back when they won it. His name is Soto. Hmm. Like, so you can't win anything without great players in in your team, basically. Well, we, um, well, and you can't stay up without. Reasonable players. Yeah. Having a great player, you can't function as a team without an alpha hierarchy. It doesn't work properly. I, like you look, you need a focal point. You need a star. We haven't got a star. We need to go and buy a star. We need to buy three. Yeah, and or else we're we're gone. Yeah, and I think on that note, I think we'll call it. What do you reckon, Connor? Yeah, yeah, and I'm back up to <laughs> on that miserable note. Uh... Yeah, yeah, just remind <laughs> everybody to follow us on Twitter. It's Brammy Moore Blues. Uh, and can... keep uh, keep up the great work, Con. Yeah, the, keep uh... an eye on our blog. So we'll be posting on the Brammy Moore Blues Twitter page, um, posting our, 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 our articles. So we'll be looking at players, uh, doing a bit of ad hoc scouting because uh, instead of mm-hmm. for Thelwell, doing Thelwell's work for him, mm-hmm. writing about different bits and pieces that come up and as we go match reports and stuff mm. but uh, well, it's all supplementary to this uh, uh, this, this this is the main piece here that the podcast <laughs> with, my, with my man Ahmed mm. and uh, yeah yeah so well I've been Ahmed yeah and I'd be Connor and uh, we'd be in the Bramley World Blues Hello and welcome to another show of the Bramley Moors podcast the uh, Bramley Moor Blues podcast <laughs> <laughs> it's late in the day, Con. Would you uh, as always? As always, I'm joined by my co-host Connor Skelly, and I'm Ahmed Katak. It's been a big week for the Blues. Um, tumultuous uh, time, both for the for the team on the pitch, the board off it, and the fans in the um, in the stands. We've had three games, uh, starting off with Man City away, a harder fought draw. The capitulation against Brighton and a gallant loss against United today. There's lots more to talk about beyond that. We've got the state of the club, the manager's future, the sale of the club, the current squad, and we're next for the Blues. So uh, we'll we'll start off with what's happened most uh, most recently, and that's the game to, the, tonight. Uh, Connor, mm. what did you make of it? Yeah, so we just. The game ended an hour ago. It's now 
nearly 11 o'clock G- uh, GMT GMT yeah. meantime uh, I look tonight was a, like a massive obviously it was a huge improvement. It was Everton played well tonight. The um, the system was appropriate for the game, I suppose. You you're playing away to United. They got quality players. It was a low block, five at the back, and like there was some good, really good performances tonight. Um, but at the end of the day, we got we got beat three one, and we're out of the FA Cup. You know, um, yeah. So it's it, it's it's one of them where it was great to see Gray playing well. The, the game was set up for him to play well. I think Onana found a, a, another level tonight that is very promising. I mean, that could be the difference. Someone like him actually coming through and becoming a player um, for the next several months could be the difference for us and Anna. Um so there was really good like things about tonight that I enjoyed. Um but we're, we're out of the FA Cup. Um and I think I think that's the, that's one of the key take homes. I think today it showed how we can perform. We did lose three one and ultimately lost. That's the quality difference. We're not a good team. So and what you tend to find with the worst teams, we, I remember it in the early noughties and maybe a bit of the late nineties where, you know, we would play well, but we'd end up losing to a last minute goal. We'd end up losing um, two goals in quick succession. And that was quite common. And that's what happens to bad sides. Mm. But I think there are some take home messages. We did get it to two wall. And unfortunately, the goal was disallowed. That's rightly so. Can... No, no, I think it was it was the correct call. Of Offside, course, it offside. Is, it, it's a correct called by the laws of mathematics and you know <laughs> but not the spirit of the game but not it, that's it it's yeah. not it's not within the spirit of the game the spirit of the game that's, that's a and not not just it's not just a goal it's a great goal yeah it was that, very that was, well worked that was a brilliant move it was it was it was a hark back to now the younger listeners might not remember but Seamus Coleman was a pioneering fullback. Yeah. He was an unbelievable fullback in his in his day. I think he reached the PFA team of the year twice. He he was the first one who probably got that attacking fullback role solidified in the um, in the Premier League. Him and Baines, yeah, and well, Gary Neville famously saying that Baines uh, retired him with his attacking underlaps and overlaps. Did he, but yeah, yeah. yeah. but. Um, but you know, the, that the is something to take away. very far up the field. But that's what three at the back does. And I think that shows you the template of what we need to do. And I think three at the, three at the back gets our best players on the pitch. Um, because let's face it, up front, we don't have good players. All our better players are further back in defence. So get them on the pitch. It increases our quality. Yeah. It limits our play. But that's where we're at. Um, so I took a lot of heart from the performance. I think you're absolutely right. Onana was, uh, you know, we all know his ceiling is very high, but he needs to bring it all together. And I think today was the first inklings that he is. However, unfortunately, he did gain and get another yellow card, which is a worrying trait. He's already served a suspension against Brighton, which, you know, ultimately, if Onana's on the pitch and Tom Davis isn't, that could be pivotal to the way we play and we get a different result. So he needs to understand his importance to the team and his maturity needs to grow with that. 
he see he, he Onana seemed very much at home. Um, <laughs> the higher levels. At that, yeah. Yeah. He was good against City as well. Let's not forget. Yeah. Um, so there's a theme there, like so. We're, we, mm. Obviously, with the game tonight against United, you know, three-one flatters them. Um, I think everybody would say that. I think, I think we were unlucky that the goal didn't stand. Um, to make it two-all, I thought it was. A, I thought, actually thought it was a, a, a great cup tie. Uh, you know. Yeah, it was enjoyable in the old school kind of sense. It was. It, like, I I felt I felt no pressure in this in this game, Con. Um, I felt like if we lost, it doesn't really matter because we're not going to win the cup. That's the reality. Mm. And ultimately, if we can get something out of the performance, some heart, which we did. And there are a couple of other players I just want to mention quickly. I think Godfrey showed the importance because the the benefit of having Godfrey in the team is that he, in possession, he contributes in midfield. He clearly was pushing higher up. And out of possession, he has the energy, the physicality and the pace to come back. Now, I, I caveat that with the fact that he did give the penalty away to <laughs> yeah, Garnacho. He, he has the pace to get back and give away a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that was contextual. We were pushing to get a goal. Yeah. Um, but and, and ultimately, if we are playing the better side, he can just sit that deep, bit deeper and, and provide the, the covering run for the pacey forward the inevitably good better sides have mm. and i thought like i thought demarai gray was good oh, very good it was he, he's on fire he's the hill I, I i said i'd die on at the start of it yeah I, my my faith in him wavered but i think i mentioned it earlier regarding demarai gray he's the only one who can vertically transition the ball in the final Half of the pitch. Yeah, yeah. I love the way he can skip. Yeah. When he when he when he's on it like he was today, he's great. And that's the but you problem. see the glaring errors and why he's playing for us in today is that he's inconsistent. But give him the ball. Yeah, but that's the problem. We'll put we're hanging your hat on Demari Gray is that tonight you can hang your hat on him, and then next week, you know. So like, if he develops consistency in his game, he'll be, you know. In English, my, my honest opinion about Demarai Gray is he will not develop that final third consistency. It's too late in the day for him now. He is what he is. I don't know. <laughs> no, but this is just my my thinking about him. Yeah. But what I do think is, if you give him the ball ten times in a game, six times he might make the wrong decision. Seven times he might make the wrong decision. But every time he will create, he will put you in a dangerous position, and three out of those ten times he will create something. He hit the post today, and he he almost got an assist. Um, and he he seemed to have their their fullbacks, you know, really on the back foot. And that's one player, unfortunately, where we're at, where we do need to make him a focus of our attack. And I think the three-five-two or five-three-two, whatever you want to call it, really brings out the quality because it brings him closer to the goal. Yeah. Whatever, whatever way, like today suits Gray and Gray, like Gray's favorite. Gray loves getting the ball breaking, um, on the breakdown of the attack from the other team, and it breaks, mm-hmm. and then Gray gets it at about you know forty-five yards out, just in front of the halfway line. Yeah, and then he just gets that if he if he can drop his shoulder there on the man, he's away. Yeah, and I love the way that he can carry the ball across the across the grass, and mm. he can he can cover a distance. 
he he's got so much um ability. It's untrue, and I would love him to do it all the time. Um, but he's definitely no, he's definitely uh come out of the game tonight with a lot of credit, and he's for the last three games. I mean, we he's probably been about... the only good bright spot we've had, really. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Um, <laughs> like we but we can talk a bit about. I suppose we have to talk about Brighton, and we have to talk about. Mm-hmm. City. Um, what happened? Oh yeah. yeah. City, City, City. We don't have to talk about City too much because it's almost the same as tonight. Yeah, I agree. Heart, willingness, low block, um, low break. block, playing on the break, no pressure. Yeah. Uh, free hit. Um, it's it's almost and and it's. I just feel, find it so weird how much better we look. When we play in that, like how slick something we look tonight, as it at times. It was, yeah. Um, but this, but then, this then, this then, yeah. Go on, tell me about Brighton. So how can what I'm saying is that how can how can we play in a low block at home? Well, my. My like, thinking because we did that against to... Brighton. Do you think yeah. the outcome would have been the same? Yes, I we... do. I do think it would have been, and I think I think um, Lampard felt an impetus because we're at home. He's he was a great player. He understands the importance of home form. He probably was seeking the win instead of playing the percentages, and he felt the need to press them in their final third, which left us exposed in our final third, especially with four at the back. Mm. I think he felt that pressure. He probably came into it with. It's not City. We did well against City. We can probably beat Brighton. That type of attitude. And unfortunately, the quality of our squad dictates that we cannot do that to any team. I want, I want to be quite clear. We are, if not one of the bottom three, one of the bottom four squads in the whole league. Every other team is better than us. We have to show that respect to every team. Now, if we manifest you know, a run of results that then gives us a bit of confidence and we start playing a bit more expansively. Naturally, that's different. But right now, we are not. I And you, you mentioned something before this recording about, well, how can you play with a low block, block at home? And I think yeah, something that, that's done. what I'm, yeah, that's the, yeah. the thing I'm and trying I look to at a ask. Team, like, we play better and yeah. like that, but then how can you ask or expect Frank Lampard to then come out and play that way at home? Well, I think I look at uh, there's two things I want to mention. Um, the first of which is Brentford. Brentford play a low block at home, and they play on the counter, and they play some of the most scintillating counter-attacking football. Yeah. Now they're a far better team than us, but it proves that if the fan base accept that, and I think our fan base do accept that, everyone against Brighton. Most of them before the game and all of them after the game accepted that we probably should have played um, three centre-backs and two wing-backs. Yeah, well, I that think was the consensus. Yeah. Was that why so I think we the as a fan base are very realistic about where we're at. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to just scrape points together, you know, by hook or by crook. That's where we're at. And I think Lampard, this needs to have that bit of audacity to ignore us now and accept and ignore his own traits of being a you know a player who dominated at home with Chelsea and probably has that mentality um, to accept where we're at and we need to play rubbish football that potentially keeps us up 
But it doesn't have to be rubber, rubbish football. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. Like, we, we play in moments. We accept we play in moments. Because what's rubbish football was when we were playing against Brighton and it looked like... Yeah, you're a, right. 100% agree. It looked like a team from another planet had just arrived at Goodison and we were like... It's like we'd been asleep for 50 years and this futuristic... Um, <laughs> Alien team. Of the sport has arrived. Alien team just arrived and just played us off the park. And I've never seen a player dominate the midfield like Moses Moises Casido. Yeah, I'm not I, saying he's a bad player. He's a very good player, very talented, but he is not of the quality of the players. Some of the players I've seen at Goodison Park, sure. and that was one of the most dominating performances I've seen. And that's it's Brighton are good. The, no, the, the, but we are they're, horrendous. They're, we were we were awful and. Whatever way Frank sets us up when he has to try and win a game seems to... But this has been a thing for a while. Maybe we just need to be like a low-block team at home with pace on the counter-attack. And, you know, I I don't know, but tonight we were much slicker and I, I, you know, I I wasn't ashamed watching... Tonight, even though yeah, ultimately we lost. Well, I suppose in the bigger and and let's not picture. we're not to those who are listening. We're not trying to justify the loss. I'm truly embarrassed that we're sitting in a podcast, two Evertonians through and through, and we're like, oh, three one is you know we did well, blah blah blah, and and it wasn't a three one game, but that was the final result. We're mm. not saying that, but I think we're both looking for crumbs of comfort and green shoots of hope, really, aren't we? Yeah, like. A... It yeah, is an embarrassment. After story. after Brighton, we okay. So after Brighton, what we've had, we've had like this inquisition that's happened within the fan base, and all the um, attention has been um, turned on. Okay, why are Brighton like this, and why are Everton like that? Or yeah, you know, and it was a very easy point to make. Um, was this is exactly the 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 met. This is exactly the slap in the face that the people upstairs needed to show them. This is how a real football club is run and operates, and this is what happens when they arrive at your unorganized and um, just. Joke shop of an operation, and you get smacked around. Like in I, I don't think it's even a slap in the face. I hope it's a boot out the door. Well, That's yeah, but that I was hope. that was where all the attention then focused yeah. on yeah. the chairman, and um, so then we've had like in in light of that Brighton, we've had this um, online movement. They've changed the name from the twenty eight years or whatever it is to. Um, NSO or something. I don't know. It's it's hard to the, remember. The tag it. of it is all together now, isn't it? Really, that's yeah. what it's going to be known as. Yeah. Well, we've put our name, um, the Brownie Moore Blues, to that um, because there's a. And I was trying to write a piece on this, or, or I'm actually drafting a piece on this at the moment about the the ownership, like about the the chairman, about how there's different types of Everton. There's the Everton of the of the club of the, of the fans. That's us. Then there's the Everton, the football team. That's the players. 
And then you've got the Everton of Bill Kenroy. And that Everton is like this um it it's like an old um boys club kind of um a fraternity fraternity club and it's made up of people that Bill Kenwright wants to impress but also like some ex players and a lot of these ex players are quite vulnerable, you know, like they they they've you know they've nothing else really going on. So they have to be in these type of Do you know fraternities. <laughs> yeah. And 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 and, and they they're the public facing people. So you're Graham Sharps, etc. etc. And they they then like um they they kind of censor then the reality of what actually is going on in the club and they give you this kind of fudged version of Evertonia. And 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 this Evertonia is like from Bill Kenwright and it's it's a big mask to cover up incompetence and mismanagement and they all need all that needs to go. There's my I think Maybe no, I, I was brilliant. Yeah. It was brilliant. I really enjoyed listening to it, actually, because I echo your sentiments completely. And there's something you said that made me think that do you, this is quite a bad thing to say, but do you think Bill Kenwright was not very popular at school? Yeah. And then later on in life, he's managed to to buy the club, employ his hero in Graham Sharp, and and play with it, even and make millions out of it. He's 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 done. Very well for himself. Now, I'm not, we're not saying he's a bad person at all. Please don't get us wrong. But clearly, and I think you made a very good, you know, uh, parallel with Brighton. Brighton shouldn't be anywhere near us. Let's be quite frank about that. Mm. Brighton shouldn't even be near us. Ten years ago, they had a maybe 15, maybe about 10, 12 years ago, they had a racing track around their stadium. Mm. They... It was an athletics stadium for the local kids as well as um, a, a League Two club's home, home ground. Now they play in the Premier League. They ha- they're bringing World Cup winners off the bench. Yeah, and they, but they play at the Amex Stadium. And the Na- Am- yeah, they've, they've got the, the American stadium. Express. Yeah. Like, it says everything, doesn't it, though? Even exactly. Though American exactly. Express. Stadium, like it's Amex, and we're we're sponsored by Steak. Every single ounce of this club has been devalued, and these people at the top do not understand. They do not understand what they're playing with. This is an institution within a city. This is a multi-million pound business. Sure, this is a cultural. It's got all that sociological facet to it, and we can get onto all that. But at the at the end of the day, this comes down to. When we got when we're sponsored by steak and you've got the American Express, no, but that's what I was coming up, hmm. yeah. But the, the, what I, I was getting on to was like the that space in between that, that that space that's occupied in between the supporters and the actual football team, right? You know, there's three Everton's that Bill Kenwright space and all those the, the taglongs, and and, and like you, you, you got onto a perfect point, and I, I, I was kind of hoping you'd run with it. Was you were saying that? Do you think Ken Wright was um how like not, not so very... popular at school? Yeah, yeah. Like this is you think this is Machiavellian in the way it operates. You've got this social asset, a social asset, and then you you get all these people that you can bring them all along. Uh, and you can entertain, you can wine and dine, you can work the room, tell regale of stories. You you give all these kind of out of work 
people who are public facing, like Pete, Peter but Reed, this is, this is, all these yeah. people, and they, they told the party line, it's, it's a Machiavellian fucking... No, I, I completely agree with you. It's, and that's rocking. No, but that's what I want to make the point of, is that this is so much more than that. This is the fabric of a city, and he's playing with it yeah. as if it's his. Yes. And yes. that was my point. Why? What gave him this right? He was naught but a custodian. He came in at a point that we probably did potentially need him, and his time has passed. He is not up with modern football. Farhad Mashiri has hid behind him and used him as a shield, and Bill Kenwright has been more than happy to lap up that role because it gives him a longer time in his executive lounge. The fact yeah. that stake For are our sponsors. The For fact his... that st- hold on, hold on, sorry, sorry, the mate. fact that stake are our sponsors, and the fact that we, you know, we we we've got Graham Sharp on the board. Who there's nothing wrong with him, but he is not a football director. And Denise Barra-Baxendale is not a, a CEO of a football club. The fact that these people are even close to it shows the lack of vision, the lack of insight. And my fear is that they think that this will all pass over. And we can't let them think that. They think that a couple of wins and the heat will die down. Or if not, they'll sack the manager, bring someone else, and the heat will die down. We cannot let this heat die down because this this club is in decay. Mm. This club is in decay. And the only way to go about it is at the very best, Farhad Mashiri sells it to a you know a group that has the idea of best in class or Fahad Mashiri himself takes proactive change and realizes that the knives will very soon point at him if he does not get rid and replenish refresh the direction of the squad with best in class novel approaches that and the not, likes of Brighton people, have used. Yeah and not people like who are using the club as for their, their own, own personal yeah game uh, thing like the, the story with um, Alan Stubbs, I was like, so anyway, listening, Alan Stubbs said he had, um, you know, he used to get the odd free ticket here and there, and they stopped because he was questioning Bill Kenroyd, etc. at the top. I mean, this is classic, like, cult, cult leader yeah. behavior. Kim Jong Un would yeah, be proud. Like this is cult leader <laughs> stuff. So you, you, if, if, if you, I, I guarantee it wasn't. I guarantee it wasn't Alan Stubbs saying. Well, I don't guarantee. I can't guarantee. You know, but I'm, I, my intuition tells me, it wasn't Alan Stubbs going up to Bill Kenwright saying, "Hey, yeah, uh, what's going on here? What's going on here?" It mm. was probably him talking to somebody he trusted. Somebody he trusted that he thought mm. was an Evertonian. At one of these functions, saying, "Here, what's the story here? Like, you know, with all mm-hmm. this, and why is Kenroy doing this, and why isn't why why isn't he selling up and to these people? He's probably gone and said that to you know Graham Sharp or fucking Snow. And it's found or, its way back to, uh... and it's found its way back because that's how these these cults operate. They operate by loyalty to the leader. Mm-hmm. The leader has a, something a hold over his followers." Be it a reliance, some kind of uh, there's 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 a social reliance from some of these people because they've no jobs or 
their whole lives are wound up in Everton. Graham Sharp, he comes in every week, he's reminded of what he did 30, 40 years ago. But anywhere else in the world, like nobody, you know, he'd walk by mm. down the street. But he comes to Everton, he's like, you know, Graham Sharp again. Yeah. And so, so this whole thing is like, and Bill Kenwright then builds like this hive of loyal, dependent people. And but my my, and my that, that's his network of spies. No, and then yeah. that's why Alan Stubbs gets excommunicated. And, and, and if my, he's operating the club like that, that that's I think yeah, no, absolutely. Like, my my um my worry is my concern is why you know an intelligent or rich man like uh Mashiri, or if you believe at the time Usmanov. How could they fall for it? They worked at Arsenal. They were owners of Arsenal. And admittedly, that Arsenal was a very different Arsenal to this one now. But they've been at a different football club. They should have known very quickly that at best, at best, um, Ken Wright's role should have been limited to ambassadorial. At best. Yet he's taken an active part in this club. And, and it, it then beggars the question... About Mashiri completely, because you know, if he, he his handprints are all over this club in terms of managerial hires, foot director of football hires, um, bastardization of that role where they can't do what they need to do, uh, the hiring of a CEO, which probably had uh, Bill Kenwright's um, say so as well. I think that you know, and and this is what I'm saying is we're, we're looking at Kenwright, but ultimately. You know, you've got to look higher than that as well because Mashiri can turn around right now, this very moment, pick up the phone and, and, and take Ken Wright out and say, you're not part of this club anymore. But he doesn't. So bigger change is required. Um, but maybe Ken Wright is so... He, he, he's so, it, it, like, deep within the how the club functions... Okay, come. Um, Would the Saudis and, accept and, it? The Saudis who own who own Newcastle. I'm not saying they're good owners. Please don't mistake me. Would they have Would they have kept Ken Wright? Honestly speaking, they'd have looked at him and went, "Nah, mate." Did the Abu Dhabi consortium keep anyone from the original um, City board? No, they brought all of Barcelona's team with them. Mm. The best club at the time, they brought all of Barcelona's club uh, team with them. You know, we we didn't do that. We kept the status quo and watched it decay. It was only uh, it was only through Moyes for the for, for ten years, and that was ultimately high level mediocrity um, that kept that that hid Ken Wright's failings. The yeah, club oh, yeah. did not grow. Yeah, Moyes was like, but Moyes enjoyed that because he knew that he had control, and Moyes reveled in something like that. There was a, p- a perfect harmony of of um, of narcissism between the two of them, probably. Although Moyes is, is has been proven to be a good coach. Mm. <clears throat> and I take him back. Well, maybe not right now. I don't want to go. We'll talk about the, the, the manager's future. But um, that's that's what I think. And as you say, the Bramley Moore Blues are fully behind the All Together Now movement. We've, yeah. we've signed it. And um, I think we've, you know, we, we've made oppositions very clear. The people in charge of the club, and this is my, this is my, so this is just to finish on the point. Mm. Yeah. So the people in charge of the club who, who were running the day-to-day, the chairman, the CEO, etc. 
have to be there for work and they have to be serious people. They can't be, you know, there for the jolly time, the jolly time and yeah. old Everton and then everything's okay. It if needs I, to be a professional. If setup. I wrap it up in this narrative, yeah. it's, it's all too messy. It's all too seedy. It's, 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 if, dated. If said, it's, yeah. got, if, it's time to go, Bill. And, and Bill Kenroy. It, um, it's interesting. There's, there's just one point we, we, we forgot to mention about the altogether now, but, which is quite key actually is the media narrative has also changed now. So if you go back a year, maybe two years ago, and you mentioned Ken Wright out, a lot of fan groups took a lot of heat from the media. We're talking match of the day, Daily Mail, mm. um, the big outlets, you know. They would say, oh, Ken Wright loves the club. Ken Wright, who do you want instead of Ken Wright? Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. These, yeah, are, the, these are people in, who he's greased. But, 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 Con, now I heard Alan Shearer, Ian Wright, the Daily Mail. I don't read the Daily Mail often, but it was just there. Sky Sports. Yeah. Everything. Sky Sports was a bastion for Mashiri and Kenwright, and now they're saying, oh, no, it's time to go. And I think that's the biggest thing. If we can maintain this pressure and paint them out to be the incompetent leaders that they are, something will change. Um, however, it's not all problems at the top as well. And I'm going to segue down to the manager, Lampard. We've always maintained Lampard in, but yeah. it's getting the ice is getting much thinner. Mm. Where are we at? We're at. He needs better players. I, 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 honestly, he like some of his changes are bad and everything. I, I'm I, look if there was a, if there was a, an option for us to have <coughs> Tuchel or Pochettino tomorrow. Of course, I like anybody else would would mm-hmm. snatch your hand off. But where we are right now, I don't think changing the manager is what we should be doing. I think buying players. By hook or by crook, is what we should be doing. But it doesn't even look like we're able to buy players. But the the LSMs, LSMs was surprising that he didn't come on tonight. Was that was that some kind of a message to to everybody? It's like we don't have any money to spend because we've got LSMs on loan to fill the Calvert Lewin position. And you play, but he'll Mope. still play Neil Mope. Mope. Uh, Even though Mope played well tonight, yeah, I did. I, I, I agree. I thought Mope did quite average today, which is good for him, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know if we're going to be able to buy anybody. I think it's going to be loans. I don't know. I'm confused. How could you not be confused after watching? You know, two very credible away performances in Manchester and then having the Brighton thing in sandwiched in between. Well how can how can you not I, be I'm, confused? I'm I, I um I hope what 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 I feel is I think you know we said it before is you know he did probably feel that impetus to play expansively at home and it bit him and I hope that's the watershed moment to realise where we're at and for him to 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 accept that you know that we are a limited team. He, I, I think he knew that but I felt he felt pressure and I think the Sims point is very key. The terrible recruitment has led to us taking a promising loan opportunity from one of our our better youth prospects. If he doesn't play for us, his value halves. If he mm. scored 15 goals in the in the championship and still wasn't good enough for us, 
we get 10 million for him. Yeah. If he scores seven goals in the championship, comes to us and doesn't play, he maybe plays 90 minutes over the whole of the rest of the season. He's worth four, three million. Hmm. No, I don't, I so, don't, I don't understand. But th- this is the state of the club we're at, and I think the point that Sims comes back is the fact that we're not buying very many players, and I, I'm not even hopeful that we're loaning many players. And again, it comes back to recruitment. The sense that, the, in the sense that Anthony Langer, I cannot believe. You know, every Evertonian when we bought Neil Mope was very underwhelmed for a reason. Every Evertonian, when we went and we we potentially now you know some accepted, but when we got McNeil was underwhelmed. When we bought Idrissa Garnagay, most of us were under under. We had an emotional attachment. We didn't. I wasn't jumping up and down about him. No, but I was kind of mm. like, ah, we'll be good in midfield. Yeah, he'll be good enough. He knows yeah. the club, the standard, you know. But we weren't overwhelmed. This squad is a squad of diminishing returns, and you know, don't get me wrong. Jordan Pickford's going to leave the club. He will leave the club. It might not be this window, but he will leave the club within the next two windows. He's gone. That's it. that's just the way it's going to go. Yeah. And we're going to replace him with yet less quality. We have continuously, continuously replaced quality with less quality. Yeah. And eventually the trap door will open if it doesn't open right now. Well, since we've this been, is the opportunity been austerity, now. We've been austerity for the last... Three years, effectively. because of the top. It all comes back to the top, and I don't want to harp on. But no, we, but the Australia came, came from. It, it's almost like the same as the, the, the you know the economic crash in two thousand and eight. Like yeah, we spent beyond our means, and then the regulator it, came in yeah. and said, "Hey, you're." And we spent one. Let's. We spent it on rubbish. Yeah, we, we bought all those. Like we spent. There was the list going round of all the twenty, the twenty. Twenty million plus. Eighteen. Yeah. 18, 20 million plus in that range players or something. And Brighton's weird. whole team like, cost one of Obi. 20 million was so, it's such a bitch amount to pay to pay for a player as well. Like It's mm. like, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's real safe. Like around that time, you know, you weren't buying somebody that was going to be amazing. You were just, it was just, it was, it's the old five million. It's the old Do five million, yeah, yeah, two million or whatever. Yeah. You know, you, it was a play it safe. It wasn't like, but fucking... that was stupidity. Yeah, it because was. twenty million was never a five million. But th- this it's now, I, I want to spread want... your bets. It's, it was, yeah. it's a way of gambling. Whereas I prefer just to back more on a better horse. Like, yeah, just get a seventy million pound. Get a player seventy in. million pound player. And at that time, the whole club. And at that time, you know, we forget how far we've fallen. At that time. We were looking, we had Giroud, we were linked strongly with Giroud. We were linked strongly with it. That time is now gone. And unfortunately, we are now. But this is where Kevin Thelwell has to earn his grain. He has to. (laughs) Yeah, he can't, he can't. I mean, if he, he's our director of football, and we mentioned this on the last podcast, if we're a serious football operation and your, your ingenious way of keeping us up is to bring in the zero, some total of zero goals of Dwight McNeil and Neil Mope, and your 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 salvation is Anthony Alanga. I'm sorry, but you're not fit for poor purpose. Mm. There has to be better options. Um, Leicester show it. Uh, Pe- Brighton show it. Brentford show it. Why the hell are we not showing this? It seems like we have a profile 
off player that is a washed up Premier League player. Oh, he's got yeah. experience. He can yeah. keep us up. Yeah, I, I, it's this. I, I think it is a like a some kind of weird business model of player um, player stock market. Like if you're you're buying a, a, a previously high um, valued product, that yeah, we're buying them on in, the down, and we're buying we're buying them on the down uh, in the hope that they can then go back up to their previous. And it must have something that, from the was, well, and then that was that was a theme right through the early years of Mashiri, and it's it it proved to be basically the exact opposite of what. And it continues now, Connor. It continues now. We are buying washed-up Premier League players. As much as I love them, Connor Cody and Tarkowski are not the future of the club. No. They're, they're there for the now, and we do certainly need them. They're, very, they're two of our better players. But where's the succession planning? Where's the succession planning for, for DCL? Where's the success? Where was this? We knew Richarlison was going six months before he went. We knew Lukaku was going six months before he went. What the hell is wrong with our because club? Because we, we live, because Bill Kenwright runs the club like hand to mouth. It's like he's got a group of agents <laughs> that he goes to, and. and, and and that's it, you know. And 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 if my worry is sacking the manager, going back to the original point is sacking the manager is the well of diminishing returns. The more you sack and the more frequently you sack managers, the less quality managers will get linked to you. The more the the less quality managers they get linked to you, the less well your team do, and the more you sack well, it's the bad. spiral yeah. of hell. So <laughs> the tra- the, the yeah. hell spiral of management, yeah. football management. Um, so you can, yeah, back him. Go and prove Kevin Thelwell, Farhad Mashiri, back this manager. Give him some quality. He will keep us up. Mm. That's yeah. it. At least give him. At least give him a shot. This, <coughs> I, I don't know. Like everybody saying, "Oh, he's got to go. He's got to go." And you look at Who'd him. Bring and he, in? he says, "Feel exactly." There's nobody to bring in. It's too late. Just, I'm telling you, Wayne Rooney doesn't touch this job. No, no. And, and, and if be... you think Sean Dyche is the answer, yeah, yeah, Jesus Christ. But I mean, he might. You know, I'm not. I'm not. If he does end up the manager, I, I yeah, hope yeah, he does, he's but... taking it all back now. He's the yeah, but like Sean Dyche is never the answer. No, I think we're. I honestly think we're just a couple of good players short of being a good side. Well, I it comes it's down the player, to it's a player yeah. issue. It's not a coach issue. And and, and the player issue comes back to the to the ownership and the way the money was spent and the football strategy, football strategy, and all this. And look, there might be uh, flaws in Lampard's makeup as a manager. Yeah, I don't know, to be honest. But what I do know is that um, when you're when you're calling, when you're like when you're when it's on paper for all to see. The money we've spent and the returns we got for the money we, when that's on paper for everybody to see over the last eight years, and all the and the same players have been with the same managers and they've all got, you can't you've got to stop at some point. Yeah. And go, look, how about instead of sacking the manager, you invest in the team. How about um I don't we probably can't do it now because of some bullshit FFP. Which again, I think is just excuse. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I, I think uh, Con FFP is protecting Mashiri. 
he's not investing in this club anymore. Let's be quite clear. Mm. And I think, I think, conversation for yeah, I think, yeah, I think Mashiri himself, he is conspicuous by his silence. Mm. He is quite clearly looking to be sold, uh, quite clearly looking to sell the club. He's already, and, and the thing that now it, it actually dawns on me that Mashiri is not a clever as clever a man as I think he, he is, and he's probably been hanging on the coattails of Usmanov, is because of the type of people he's been looking to sell the club to. The bloody uh, uh, American group, you know, the um, the metal investors or whoever, the property developers. Yeah. Um, that They were not the right group. He's not looked once at a sports fund. He's not looked... I mean, we, we you know, he is clearly selling the club, but he's not interested in him. That he's talking to um, Qatar Airways looking for a name uh, to get to have them name give them the naming rights to the new stadium well no, no that's a that's a premier brand yeah so we're gonna have to but, rename our podcast to Qatar Blues Airway Blues <laughs> that sounds like a very bad yeah. journey yeah 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 <laughs> let's stick to the I'm Qatar happy with Airway, what do you reckon everybody to the Qatar Airway Blues what oh, a Jesus Christ <laughs> Jeez. But I mean, at least I mean I could get on board with Qatar Airways. I, guess, I could get but... on board. Hey, <laughs> here's the pun. Oh, not intended. Yeah. I'm not that. I'm not that funny a guy. Con, no. I think you can attest to that. Gee, <laughs> that was amazing. Um, no, I would. I I'd take a Qatar flight any day. But um, oh. I, I wouldn't rename the um this um <laughs> collective this averaging collective the Qatar um uh podcast. No. No, it'll never. still remain the Brownie Moore Blues. Don't you worry. Even if the stadium doesn't even get built, and it's just a, <laughs> there is a serious a threat off. and we're playing in Goodison still in fifteen years, <laughs> we'll still be the Brownie so, Blues. <laughs> so Connor, so Connor, are we are we sticking to our guns? Back Lampard because the well of manager managerial replacements is so shallow at the moment. It's shallow. It's messy. Um. And it's not the solution. I think the key the phrase solution. that you said that I'm taking home is the same players have been producing the same results over many years. That's a beautiful way of summing it up. We have changed the so many managers, but the same players have been producing the same results. Changed the playing staff. Yeah, well, then check something. They bought a man and he looks like he could come through and be a really... And I'm talking about a great player, you know. I, I he, again, it, do it, go yeah. again, go and buy. I want to spend. You need to spend money. Like, go and spend fifty million on a striker. Get Tyrone Mafian. Yeah, please or, God. Or, or then go and buy prestigious young open covenant like Chelsea. I think there was a city. I think <laughs> just bought a Brazilian today for I don't know fifteen million or something. Obviously, yeah. I've never heard of him. He's some young fella, but he's going to be, be brilliant. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, I think. Um, what was I going to say? So th- I think this is a, probably a, 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 the right time now to to to, to summarize the the other the the other uh, things that have happened in the news regarding Everton. So Nathan Broadhead was recalled today. Apparently, he's going to enter negotiations with the Championship club over a permanent sale. Um, this the links are suggesting Sunderland, amongst others, which makes sense with the loss of Ellis Sims. Um, and I think that that probably correlates with our FFP scenario situation. And uh, I hope Broad Broadhead gets yeah. the move and he the career. Like he's a player, obviously. Yeah. Up to the level, but uh, yeah, I wish him luck. Uh, I think so. And then the other 
Um, we forgot about this. I remember you called us the king of the loan market, but <laughs> we are. Not, we are the kings of the loan until like... until the last three windows because our loans have been horrendous. Yet I remind you of Mangala. Oh Do you remember Mangala played? Was it twenty minutes for us or something? Yeah, he got injured or something. And, and amongst those loans, well, well, it was a free transfer. Really, I forgot, but uh, it was Dali Ali. And uh, Besiktas are desperate to yeah, cancel his loan, and Everton are desperate to keep him in Turkey. What a terrible! Well, how have we ended up in this situation? Well, I don't know. I don't know how serious the situation it is. If he can just kind of go off into somewhere else, I don't know. If we're obligated to pay to accept him back. It's interesting, you said that Mangala Mangala loan, which was an awful loan. I remember being thinking. I, I just rated him on his Porto. Obviously, he was bought by City for 30 million the year before. Yeah. He, he, the, for, there must be a reason for that, you know? And I was like, yeah. he must be a great player. I, and that's the, the kind of thinking I think that, that, that like, I mean, I think if I, had I been given the Mashiri money, I would have made a balls of it too. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because. <laughs> But that's, that's why we're not. Of, we're Mangala, lazy people. Mangala is a perfect <laughs> example of the type of player we'd buy. Like, yeah. Had the loan gone well, we would have bought him, you know? Well, even if the loan had gone average, I think, I don't know, yeah. I don't even want to talk about Let's not talk about him. But anyway, back to Deli Ali. And I think the issue with Deli Ali is there are huge financial implications with the keeping him. He, he, if we plays, I think, 20 games, we owe... Was it twenty million or ten million? And then there's forty million. Uh, there's a, a deal up to forty million. He cannot play for Everton, and neither did he show enough while he was at Everton to to, to justify of a position. I... It was a horrendous move, a horrendous move, mm. and um, it's something that you know we've cornered ourselves into. The poor lad, he's he's got nowhere to go. He can't play for us, and he's not doing well at Besiktas. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that I mean, guy, just... he's like that guy that got stuck in the airport. Yeah, the the, the terminal, Tom Hanks. Yeah, he only died yeah. recently, actually. Yeah, he did. It was, he was Iranian, wasn't he? He was in France or somewhere like that. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got but... stuck in the terminal. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean that's just the, the summary. Terminal. I think the Delhi Ali transfer is the summary of us as a football club. Mm. Um, and we need to... Um, yeah, I think Andre Gomez... Find a solution. Um... Yeah, Dali Ali, Andre Gomez, uh, Gabamin, Gabamin, Gabamin. See, Gabamin would have been considered a progressive signing, like he's young, up and coming, mm. paid big money. Just got injured. Yeah, I can forgive them, Gabamin, but still. Gabamin was just unlucky. But was he? I mean, I saw him play three games for us before he got injured, and I saw him give away the ball at least ninety-five percent of the time, and I thought, oh Jesus Christ! And then he got injured. We were all just hoping it took him time, but um, he came back. He's not shook up any trees anywhere. He's gone. CSK he didn't keep him. He's now at Trabzonspor, I think, and he's not doing much there. Um, no, it, it's just um, what it's a just... Ri- what a ri- what a risky thing it is to spend money on a football on a football player. Well, yeah, it's a volatile asset, but that's why you do the Brighton model and you invest in you know you do the relatively low investments. That's where we should have been. Brentford model, Leicester well, model. Unfortunately, we haven't got time to do that. We've got to stay. Not on. now. We've six months. So what we're going to have to do on the evidence of tonight. Striker, pivot, winger. Striker, pivot, winger, and play the low block. Yeah. 
five just, three, five five. Pray, pray that we get through this. Pray because this. when's the next match? Oh, I'm not sure. I haven't checked. Up. We've got um, <laughs> Southampton. Southampton. Then we got West Ham. There. <coughs> There's something I want to ask you. Pointers. If we win, so both I, men, I think we're, we're good. Yeah, but if we don't, then we're fucked. Well, we're in big trouble. I mean, if we do, if we lose either of them, we're in big trouble. I think. I think we need to go be going and winning both of them. Well, and we need to. There has to be players coming very soon but um, I'm very fearful that they won't be I think you you hit the nail on the head I think the Sims recall is a, is a testament to the fact that there isn't going to be very much going on at Everton Football Club no, this window no not unless it's alone yeah and we have to um, we have to accept where we're at we're a very limited team and I think you know you as you say it's low block playing on the break yeah hoping Colour we can clock. scrape yeah how many points do you reckon we'll need to stay up? I don't know. I haven't thought about that. I'll have to look. I'll have to look at the probably about. I don't know. I'll ha- I haven't worked. I out. think it'll be between thirty-seven and forty-one. Yeah. And I can't see how we're going to get that. Well, I, I can I, but I, if I can, if I can take anything from tonight and from, you know, I think we can beat. I really do think we can beat West Ham and Southampton. Well, we'll see. There is um. Okay, I know we're, we're just dragging this on, but there is a hypo- hypothesis that I've been working on in my head. Mm-hmm. Can I share it with you, just for the sake of novelty? But you just be warned, you're not just sharing it with me. <laughs> we're patient, okay? We stick with Lampard. Lampard isn't doing too great, but neither are West Ham and neither are Chelsea. There comes a point where Potter and Moyes come on the market. What do we do? Oh, I'd take Potter in a heartbeat. But, yeah. I mean, that would be the rational thing to do. I, I, so that's another theory. Why That's something that's been going on in my mind, which lends credence to backing Lampard. Back Lampard, give him the players, because if he doesn't work out, I feel like there will be some reasonable managerial candidates coming on the market that then broadens our options. Mm-hmm. But they might come on the market at a point where... Too late. Yeah, too late. they could come on too late. But as you say, the current options to replace Lampard aren't good enough and the players aren't good enough. So backing Lampard is the only way forward. I think we've. I think that's quite a sound logical hypothesis. What do you reckon? Yeah, well, I think the logical hypothesis is back Lampard. Yeah, with, that's the sum total. With, with players and... Um, See how it goes. Stop def- and, uh, yeah, and, and stop deflecting the attention away from yourself. <laughs> which is like you know the owners and the people who run the club do your jobs properly uh, and we wouldn't be in this mess uh, and they don't and that's why they need to be replaced and that's why this this campaign as uh, awkwardly as it's been named um, is important and it's great to see all the other uh, Twitter groups on and getting involved yeah. get them out because um, I think in, there is a a long-term problem there. <clears throat> Getting rid of them wouldn't fix. Say it was. I think we need to. You know, that's that's the that's another part of Everton Football Club is the team. You know, yeah, the fans, and I the think, team, and know, then there's yeah. the Kenroy. And let's 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 as fans, 
Yeah, I think I think that's right. I think uh, just the the all together now movement. Let's use it as a, as a lightning rod to, at the very least, at the very very least, unite you know, unify us as one community, as one fan base, and let us bring some joy with each other. Um, that would be one of my uh, take home messages. Anyway, yeah, I think yeah. on 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 that note, do you want to add anything, Connor, as a summary point? Uh, no, I just keep an eye out for the uh, for the post. I'm working on a. Another piece, kind of, they're hard, write, writing's hard, but um, it's enjoyable when you get into the flow. So yeah. working on a piece there, so keep your eyes peeled for that, that'll be posted on the um, Twitter page, and we will be back, obviously, to speak to you over the course of the next few days. I think we've got a bit of a break now, haven't we? Like an eight-day break or so? I'll need to confirm, it's so late at night, I haven't even it's looked at the eight-day break until, until St. Hampton, so we'll... Brilliant. Uh, We'll be back after. Well, fellow blues, enjoy your eight day break. <laughs> yeah. Try. Uh, Try. I think we'll I, I I've got I don't know what it is. I'm saying I'm here's here's what I'm doing. I'm putting my um I'm pinning this up here. I think we win the next two games. And on that optimistic note, I uh I think uh, we'll call it a day. I've been Ahmed Katak. Yeah. And yeah, and I've been Connor Skelly and uh You've been listening to the uh, Bramley Moore Blues podcast. Mm.